now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are those people. They are just amazing. In order to find them, all you need to do is visit the CFAX 1070 website and look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. And there you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me online or on social media. And of course, if you're looking for advice from an expert realtor to help you with your purchase or sale of a property, you can always call me too. I'm a 26-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosun, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. On our show today, we'll be talking about well water and septic systems. Our guests today are Harry McHugh of Island Waterworks Limited and John Langard from New Water Septic and Drainage Limited. We're going to start our show with our usual weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline. That's 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. Or again, you can find us online at cfax1070.com. Leave a message and we'll discuss it on the air. I received a LinkedIn message from Patrick, and it reads, What do I do if my house isn't getting any showing activity or offers? What do I do if my house isn't getting any showing activity or offers? Great question, Patrick. And actually, this is relevant in any market, whether it's a strong market or a soft market. There's always the thought, you know, when you're a seller, you and your agent have the best of intentions to hopefully have a expedient sale and at top dollar, of course. That's what everyone is looking for. But every once in a while, what happens is you have a bit of market time. You have, you've probably noticed all the showings and activity happen in the first seven or 10 days. I don't know how long uh, it's been since you've had activity, but generally speaking, when a property is new and fresh in the marketplace, that's when most of the attention happens. That's when all the activity arises. And it's very funny because we find after that two week or three week span, people start looking elsewhere. They start forgetting about your property. There's a few things that I need to ask you here. So the first, is your house getting the exposure it deserves? Is it being put out there? I I don't know what property it is. I don't know who your agent is. Uh, I'm guessing or hoping that you have a competent and good agent uh, here in Victoria. Uh, Is it getting exposure? And by that, I mean, are you posted in places? Now, in the old days, of course, we advertise in the newspaper, uh, print, you know, daily newspaper here in town or the weeklies uh, or the community papers. People still do that. People still read the papers. Uh, is it being put out there in today's day and age, of course, uh, posted in social media uh, or online on marketplaces? Uh, are there being are there views happening? So it's one thing to be posted. One of the nice things about being posted online versus uh, the older print ads is we have traffic logs. We have uh, traf- uh, we have um, the ability to track how many times our ads have been viewed, how many times people have actually gone forward and gone from a view to clicking the website. And then for us as agents, we do a little bit of research about how many website views translate into actual showings. Because, of course, you need showings in order to find that buyer for your home. So one of the big questions is, is it getting the exposure? And I'm hoping that it is. 
The next question is, what's your feedback been like? Has your agent been providing you with feedback from showings? What have people been saying? Uh, have they been making comments about uh, the condition? Condition is so important. It's one of the most important aspects in the success of your sale. You have to know, of course, that you are competing with other properties on the market as well. How does yours stand up relative to the others? Feedback's very important. We always get feedback from showings. We want to know not only what the agents think of your home, but also what prospective buyers think as well. You know, is it a layout question? Is it a, um, again, a condition question? Uh, sometimes we get feedback from agents uh, to do small little things that we can adjust. You know, maybe I had one a little while ago, in fact, where the living room was painted a really dark sort of auberge color, uh, and that was a piece of feedback that came back constantly. So we simply had that repainted. We managed to get ourselves a sale shortly thereafter. So feedback is often very constructive. But the last thing, the biggest factor about why you're not getting any activity, it is the elephant in the room, and that is generally price. We always say that price plays about 80% of the success of your sale. And the question is, have you picked the right price? Now, some owners elect to go a little high because they try to build in maybe some negotiation room. Uh, There's always the opinion that, yeah, if people like the house, they can always make me an offer. But let's go back to where I started this conversation. I said that all of your activity happens in the first seven to 10 days. Here's the rub. If you're too high and people see your property, they're gone, and they'll go elsewhere. Even if you reduce the price, it's very hard to get them back. People don't come back. They usually actually go looking at other properties. Perhaps they've bought other properties, your competitors, that were priced a little lower. Price is so important. Overpricing is one of the crucial uh, things that causes failure in a sale process. And one of the biggest problems about overpricing intentionally is sometimes you end up being what we call the decoy. And the decoy is, uh, it's a terrible thing where agents are using your property to demonstrate how other properties around it are better priced. And you don't want to be a decoy. You know, I, I don't know, um, Patrick, what your what your reason for selling is. I don't know if you need a sale in a specific amount of time or, you know, if your motivation is perhaps low and you're willing to sit there for a while and wait and get your price. But I do have to say the, that elephant in the room, like I said, the biggest reason that most properties do not sell. Because I'll tell you this, there, there is nothing in the world that any sort of marketing, any sort of open houses, any sort of promotion uh, internationally or across to Canada or across North America. Agents can do all of that promotion, but it will not sell an overpriced property. Uh, and the other thing too is I do get people saying, hey, because I work with a lot of people from out of the country, maybe we can find one of these overseas buyers who will pay us a crazy dollar for the house. And I have to tell you, the, the folks who have that sort of disposable income uh, or ones who are looking for investment properties or want to send their kids uh, and really relocate over here to the Victoria area, they are informed individuals. They are smart. They will review the market area around a home and make a determination on value. They do not blindly overpay. Now, you know where you get high dollars and overpayment? 
is when you have multiple offers. And that's what we saw in the strong marketplace. Multiple offers are generated when there's a lot of activity generally around a house that is either attractively or purposely underpriced in order to create that activity. You don't get multiple offers with overpriced properties. I have actually covered this before on a listener question many weeks ago. So again, Patrick, Check your price. Have a good conversation with your agent. I have to say, sometimes agents are shy. Sometimes they're afraid to bring up this price question because maybe they were the ones that suggested this price in the first place. Have a good heart-to-heart conversation with them and make sure you are clear with what your objectives are, uh, why and when you plan to move. Make those adjustments if necessary. And again, if it is a condition thing, uh, have those issues or areas corrected at or looked at as well. Thank you for messaging in, Patrick. And a reminder to everyone else, if you have a real estate question that you'd like answered on a show, just visit the cfax1070.com website or call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. And if you've missed our show so far but want to catch up, and if you're a podcast listener, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Just look up The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, and you can download and listen at your leisure. Uh, One last quick thing before we go to a break is I just want to quickly mention the fact that in the news, there's been conversation about the Real Estate Council making changes in the laws effective March 15, 2018. For those who don't know, the um, Real Estate Council, who's the governing body of licenses, is now going to be uh, forbidding the practice of limited dual agency. And that's when a realtor represents both the seller and a buyer in a transaction. This will have significant changes or significant impact because it'll mean that buyers uh, will not will have a harder time actually going directly to sellers, whether through an open house or whatever, to try to buy a property directly. We'll talk more about it as we learn more, but we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We've had a lot of migration from people who've moved from the Lower Mainland into the Victoria area over the course of the past few years. Now, I'm not, by the way, necessarily talking foreign investors. This does come up on a regular basis. Frankly, most of the consumers or buyers that we've had come into the Victoria area are Vancouverites that were either born and raised here in Victoria and just coming back, uh, or... They're from the Lower Mainland area, and what has really happened is they've ended up taking advantage of a really strong real estate market in the Lower Mainland where prices are very strong. You've probably been reading in the news that uh, Vancouver is one of the least uh, affordable places to live on the globe, which is really saying something. But where do these people go when they sell their homes? Well, a lot of them have been moving either east or west, so there's been migration to the Okanagan, for instance, or a lot of migration here onto the island. And one of the things that I have found recently is we've had people that have decided to move from high-density living, like condo or townhouse living, in the downtown Vancouver area 
into acreages or looking for more property, especially for those who are accustomed to driving a long ways to work. If they're used to a 45-minute drive, if they live, for instance, in uh, the Fraser Valley and coming into town, all of a sudden, Victoria is a very comfortable place for them. It doesn't take much to get around. Now, when we're talking about acreages, we're talking about uh, rural areas, one of the big things that we often find ourselves having to educate these consumers on is the fact that systems are different. So, of course, when you're living in a condo downtown, when you turn on the tap, you're getting water from uh, the water system. Uh, the plumbing uh, goes to the sewage system. Uh, but that is, not, that is not always the case. Our show today is going to be covering a couple of areas. Uh, one is septic systems. And we're starting right now with Harry McHugh, owner, founder of Island Waterworks since 2002. Harry is here to talk about water treatment. His background is in chemistry with a basis for water treatment technologies. He worked in trace analytical chemistry labs before starting Island Waterworks, sort of where chemistry meets plumbing. Most of Harry's services uh, include the installation of well pumps, water treatment equipment, and water analysis. Harry, thanks for coming. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, Harry, so as I said when I started up here, people are just used to water coming from the city water system. Uh, and that is not true of all properties. So tell us about when people are looking at a property that has a well, where do we begin? Tell us about wells. What are they? Um, wells can be either dug wells, um, which is an older style dug with a machine and typically are 25 feet or less. Mm-hmm. Um, these wells are less common these days. The most common wells are drilled wells, and they can be anywhere from 50 feet to 750 feet. Wow. Um, the other consideration with wells, of course, is uh, the, the quantity of water that you're going to get from the well. Yeah. Um, so you want to look at that, of course, to see whether you have enough water for the house that you're living in. Always a big concern, yeah. Um, and then the other consideration is the quality of the water. Got it. Well, we're going we're gonna to cover all those. So talking about a drilled well, so you said from 50 to 750 feet, where are you drilling to? Uh, typically, the drillers will drill down until they hit... Um, fractures okay. and they can determine the, the uh, amount of water that they're reaching as they drill. Um, typically it's up to the homeowner or whoever's paying for the drilling to decide when they stop and how deep they go. But um, I would say two gallons a minute recovery rate is probably the minimum that you're going to want to stop at. All right. So that's an important figure to know because when we have people looking at properties, one of the big questions they always have is, will I always have water? Because one of the things I know for sure is Water is a hard thing to be without. And we know, for instance, there are some Gulf Islands where there are water issues. They don't necessarily have water all the time. So people are always curious about the flow. And that's what you're talking about. It's, it's the uh, gallons per minute here, right? Yes, yes. And the driller's report, which should be filed with the uh, Ministry of the Environment in the uh, Wells database, mm-hmm. is available to the public online. So if you're fortunate enough, um, you'll be able to look up the particular well that you're using and uh, determine the recovery rate from that. Yeah. It's, it's a very different thing because, again, when, we, when people are looking at vacant pieces of land, if you're looking at a fully serviced lot, one where people can literally just plug into the water system, municipal water system, plug into the um, sewer system. We're going to be talking about that with John a little bit later here. Um, but there are properties that do require uh, drilling to find their water source, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, 
What needs to be done in a uh, well water system? Like, what areas of maintenance do people need to consider when they when they have a property like this? Um, it's different if it's a um, undeveloped land and there isn't a pump in the well yet. Then, of course, you're going to have to look at um, installing a well oh, yeah, pump. Because that's a big question: is how do you get water up from 750 feet? Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So you have to have um, a professional come in uh, and and size your, your pumping system appropriately okay. and uh, bring the water up um, to the home and install pump controls. Yeah. Um, at that point, you can test for the quality of the water and determine whether or not you need treatment equipment also. Ah, okay. So let's talk about the quality uh, a bit here. Because, again, this is something that people take for granted when they have municipal water. They yes, yes. It can be an expensive mistake if you uh, neglect to look at the water quality uh, before you purchase. Yeah. Um, uh, is it... I mean, it's probably wrong to assume that all water sources on Vancouver Island are good. Yes, every well is uh, different and has a different profile. Um, some will have issues with microbiology. Uh, some will have issues with the staining elements. Oh. Uh, iron and manganese are the typically the most common ones. Iron stain red, yeah. manganese stains black. Um, and other issues on the island are... Um, um, invisible, uh, trace amounts of arsenic can be troublesome, mm-hmm. um, high sodium, okay. uh, briny wells can be also be an issue. And each of these individual problems require individual solutions. I'm here with Harry McHugh, who is the owner-founder of Island Waterworks. We're talking about water quality here now. Uh, I'm sure maybe some of the listeners would be scared, especially, you know, we're talking about arsenic. <laughs> um, yeah. However, you there are systems of filtration that, that people can use to make sure that the water is uh, is usable, right? Yes. there's The modern um, filtration techniques in play these days are, are pretty good, and you can almost tackle any issue at this point. Is there anything that can't be tackled? Like if... if uh, if water comes from a well, and is there is there anything that is a no go that would cause the need for another drilling or something? Uh, yeah, sure. Usually, um, water treatment techniques that require a lot of water, and then in combination with a low yield well, can be a showstopper where you just don't have the ability to treat the water, mm-hmm. and you have to look at uh, another source. Yeah, so a low yield would be like you said, less than two uh, gallons per minute, right? Typically, yes. Yeah. What's a good? What's a what's a strong yield? I would say over five, six gallons a minute yeah. um, recovery rate. And, and is, that, is that generally consistent? I mean, I, I don't think anyone can guarantee the fact that their well generates that in perpetuity, right? Uh, no, but typically they do. Um, a well will last a good 30, 40, 50 years at, uh, at, a, at a flow rate like that if it's uh, starting out that way. Yeah. Now, you said uh, drilling down to 750 feet. Is that 750 a, a specific number for a reason? Um, usually, uh, drillers will go to the depth where it's um, practical to uh, install a pump at that depth. Oh, when it. you get deeper than 750 feet, um, it can get quite expensive. Yeah, um, understood. So that's a consideration. And, and let's talk about the pump. So this is another area that probably would require some regular maintenance on the part of the homeowner, right? Uh, typically, no. Pumps, once they're in and they're working, uh, have a lifespan of at least 20 years before they really need to be touched. Yeah, and to replace them, complicated or easy? Um, it's usually about a one-day job, um, not too complicated with the proper equipment. Yeah, and and they require power too, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, uh, and you probably have systems that could have uh, um, uh, power backups and everything. Yes, yeah, the modern systems are... Um, 
uh, fairly complex compared to the older styles with uh, pressure switches and pressure tanks. The modern systems employ um, uh, constant pressure controls, which give you uh, um, water pressure in the home that's uh, more comparable to city water to municipal style water. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's there's so much to, to discuss, and we are going to have you back after John's segment here because we're going to have a little group conversation. But if people need to reach you, how do they do that? Oh, uh, they can reach us at 250-652-0238. That's great. And give us a number again. 250-652-0238. Perfect. Well, thank you, uh, Harry McHugh from Island Waterworks, talking about uh, water systems and drilling wells. We're going to have them back in uh, just a few moments. After the break, we're going to be speaking about septic systems with John Langard. Back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. Before the break, we were having a conversation about well water with Harry McHugh, who is the uh, owner-founder of Island Waterworks. And now in the studio, we have with us to discuss septic and drainage systems, John Langard. John is with New Water Septic and Drainage. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, John's background here, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you a quick little introduction. You've been in the wastewater business since 2006. You uh, were doing soil analysis for large-scale developments, and you were looking at using portions of their land to treat the wastewater that would be produced by planned developments. Since then, you've installed over 100 on-site sewage systems in Greater Victoria, and probably half the systems that you do are replacing older failing systems, and the other half are new. John, uh, again, we were having a conversation earlier about uh, the fact that most people take for granted that maybe the plumbing just goes into a sewer system and the municipality takes care of it. I don't want to talk about uh, um, uh, outflow and all that today. We've had that conversation on this show before. Um, But here, when we're talking about uh, wastewater management, we're talking about people having systems in their properties in the ground and for those who don't understand, why don't you describe what a septic system is exactly? Yeah, sure. Um, An on-site sewage system is basically what it seems like. It's a, a way to treat and distribute the wastewater produced from your house on your own land. Uh, so the first thing we do is we dig test pits to determine the soil type, the soil depth, and uh, do some permeability tests to determine how much we can load the native soil with sewage mm-hmm. just to ensure proper treatment before it goes back into the natural water table and into the aquifers. So we're talking about a perc te- percolation test, here, right? Yeah, perc tests are kind of an older style to do. Uh, okay. Most people today do permeameter tests. It's essentially the same thing. It's just a little more scientific and a little quicker to accomplish. So basically what it is is you need to determine if the grounds can support... Um, absorption of... Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And if you have low permeability soils, we have to design a different type of system. Yeah, so, for instance, you can't put a um, uh, wastewater system on rock, right? That's right. You, yeah. you need some native soil to build a, a, a sewage system, an on-site sewage system. Got it, got it. Uh, and describe the system, like the its components. Yeah, uh, so a typical on-site sewage system now is pressure. Um, gravity fields are harder and harder to get. Uh, we need to have five feet of unsaturated soil for a gravity field. To five work. feet deep. Five feet deep of unsaturated okay. soil. Yeah. Uh, what we fight with here on, in Greater Victoria is the high water table. Yes. That's the seasonal high water table. At the wettest time, the water table will rise and saturate the ground. So we need to make sure we have five feet of unsaturated soil for a gravity field. 
gravity fields um, are kind of designed to fail. They don't equally distribute the wastewater as a pressure system would. Okay. So pressure systems aren't just to get the sewage from point A to point B. They're designed to um, equally distribute the sewage over the whole drain field. Mm -hmm. So we have equal distribution from one end to the other. Yeah, so when we, when we look at a field, to, to describe it to a listener, um, we're talking several lines uh, in the ground, right? Correct, or it could be a bed, too. Like uh, more, more and more people are going towards a bed now instead okay. of trenches, sequential trenches going down, so they take up less space on your, Got on your it. lot. Got it. So instead of having uh, maybe six trenches two feet wide, you could go with one bed that may be 10 feet wide. Yes. All right. Um, so, sir, is that what are the other components as well? There's a septic tank, a two-chambered septic tank. One is designed to capture the solids. The mm -hmm. second chamber is to have a slightly clarified sewage. Now all septic tanks have a filter on the outlet of the septic tank. Okay. So when it goes from the septic tank into the pump chamber, it's filtered sewage. Basically, there's no suspended solids in that sewage any longer. Okay. Uh, if you held a glass of it up to the, to the light to see it, you would see gray, murky water, but no floaty solids in it. Okay. From then it goes to the pump chamber where there's pump and floats that um, activate how often the drain field is dosed. So when it's filtered, is the filter so, uh, another area of maintenance that people Yeah, that's correct. A filter should be cleaned every once every year, and it's a simple matter of just pulling it out and, and rinsing it off. Yeah, got it. Um, septic systems last how long, roughly speaking? Like a, a, a system that's designed and installed by today's standards will, pro with proper maintenance, will last 70, 80 years. Wow. Well, and as, as we said in your introduction, I mean, half of the systems you do are uh, new systems and half are um, right. old ones, right? Yeah, so most of the systems that I have to replace are old gravity fields, and gravity fields have a lifespan. Like, once the gravity soil is saturated, it's done. Um, sewage will have no treatment. It can't go down into the natural groundwater. It comes up and it ponds. Oftentimes, uh -huh. fields will fail before they pond We just because there's not enough separation between where the sewage is being introduced and where the, gr the water is. The, we have to ensure that there's enough separation between the two to make sure that the water's clean before it goes away. Got it. Yeah, so the, the, the grounds can be saturated. Yeah, exactly. And once the grounds are saturated below um, where the sewage is introduced, then we know we're not having any further treatment, and the water, the contaminated water is going into the groundwater contaminated. All right. So uh, we're here right now with John Langert from New Water Septic and Drainage Limited. John, uh, putting uh, my buyer's hat on, let's just say I'm a buyer looking at a property, sure. an acreage, for instance, that has a septic system. Uh, what do I need to look out for? You need to look out for um, older gravity fields that are put in 70s, 80s, even 90s. Uh, they, you need to determine what the soils are like underneath that gravity field. Like, can you tell by looking? Like you can tell by looking, but you really have to dig some holes. You really have to get down there and dig some holes, find the existing laterals, and dig down and see what's happening underneath the laterals. Seeing what's ha see what's happening with that native soil, how it's responded over the years to constant saturation from sewage. Mm -hmm. The tank as well has to be inspected. Everything really has to be inspected, but. The soils are the basis of a, of a septic system, right? Healthy soils equal healthy water going through it. Yeah. Now, because this, this is kind of new to me as we're talking about saturation of, of land. I mean, is that, is that an inevitability or can certain systems kind of limit that saturation? Yeah, for sure. Like, so, but today's standards, we use pressure distribution and we often use what's called time dosing, which means that we will program the pump to run maybe 15 to 18 times per day at 30 seconds of a dose. So we're not overly saturating the drain field. We're giving oh, it small wow. little doses and giving the field time to dry up and treat that effluent as it goes through. Yeah. And oftentimes in Greater Victoria, we have to do raised systems. We have to import sand 
to give us more separation from the high water table to where the sewage is introduced. Okay. So raised systems in conjunction with time dosing will make drain fields last a long time and prevent that oversaturation. And this is the reason why you're talking 70 years, 80 years. That's whatever. right, yeah. Yeah, because when, you, when you're working on a failed septic system, you, you can't put it in the same place. I mean, we're talking about the, the soil. Right, you quality. can. I mean, it, it gets expensive because you can't excavate out that contaminated soil and replace it with modified C33 or some other alternative yeah. um, that's going to give you adequate treatment. But then, but then you need to uh, get rid of that uh, contaminated soil. That's right, soil, and right? It, gets, it gets expensive, right? So, I mean, if a failed system, a failed gravity system, um, you know, with poor access that really has to be looked at before any house is bought because it can be a huge expense. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about expenses now. So when you're installing a new system, and I know it's tough because it depends on the house, sure. depends on the, yeah. the topography and all that kind of stuff, but what sort of range are people looking at? To I mean, you system? know, you can get to some sites where you have setbacks from wells, um, setbacks from fresh water, setbacks from breakout points, and you need to get a professional engineer involved. Um, if you have a type three system that needs an engineer, you, you could be looking up to forty to $50,000 for the replacement of a drain field. The lower end, if you have good soils, good accessibility, it could be you know fifteen to eighteen thousand. So okay. you know a range could be like fifteen to forty thousand dollars for a, a drain field. Yeah, it is not insignificant, but That's it right. is an important aspect of your house. Absolutely, like especially if you're talking about um, you know a, a, a site with a well and a septic system. Mm -hmm. That really is the truest form of recycling, in my opinion. Right, you're you're taking groundwater. You're using it and then you're cleaning it to put it back yeah, into the ground. Yeah, because it's all again. it's all coming it's from your site, cycle. right? That's right. Wow. So a lot of a lot of septic systems are on municipal water, but there's there's a few out there still that are on groundwater it, that are on well water, and it really is it's the truest form of recycling, right? Well, really interesting. Uh, before I forget, John, if people need to reach you, how can they do that? Um, you can look at my website, uh, www.newwaterseptic.com, or um, my phone number is two five zero two one three. Three eight three four, and the number again two five zero two one three three eight three four. Yeah, now um, we talked about the uh, septic holding tank for a little bit, but for those who don't know, or uh, you know, city folk that are coming out uh, and having to understand another area of maintenance, of course, this is something that needs to be pumped out every once in a while. Right. Yeah, and you know. The septic tanks shouldn't be pumped that often. They need to be working in the proper biological state where the break, the you know, the proper breakdown is happening. If they're pumped too often, the bio the biology kind of dies off and it has to build up that biology again to break down the solids. So you know, a perfectly working septic system um, includes a, a perfectly working tank that shouldn't be disturbed too often. Uh -huh. um, it all depends on the usage, but typically tanks should be pumped every five to eight nine years. Yeah, it depends on how many bathrooms there are, how many people in the it's family. It's really not the bathrooms, the, the amount of people in the house, right? Yeah. You could have a five-bedroom house with one bathroom, right? Yeah. The, the amount of people in the house are what we really go by. That's the water usage. Got it. Yeah. yeah how many showers, how many flushes, right. how many... Right, right. So yeah. when we're designing new systems, we always look at number of bedrooms and square footage. We don't really care about the bathrooms. Yeah. It's the amount of people that are going to be using the, 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 the water in the house. Great. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, John. We're going to take a quick break in just a moment here, but when we come back, we're going to have both John and Harry uh, talking on the topics of water and sewage systems. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Tony Joe, and you're listening to The Whole Home Show. Today we're having a conversation about septic and drainage systems uh, in addition to uh, well water. And in fact, our guest John Langard from New Water Septic and Drainage just before the break was talking about how um, you, with a well and with a on-site septic system, you really have the true uh, definition of recycling, right, John? So That's right, yeah. Yeah, so as you said, you're, you're, the water that you're bringing up in the property is going through the septic system and it's it's a whole it's a chain right 
right? Right, and you want to ensure that that water that you're using and contaminating is being cleaned before it goes back into the groundwater so that you can use it again or your neighbors down down the aquifers can use it again. Okay, so, and this is what I want to touch on because for, for people who have never owned these types of systems or ever lived on a property that had them, they might have the thought in their minds right now, okay, well, if the waste of the sewage is going into the ground and we have wall water as well, do the systems cross? Yeah, yeah, they do cross, and we have setbacks requirements that we have to we have to be thirty meters from any uh, well that's providing potable water to houses. Uh-huh. So our tanks, our pump tanks, and our drain fields have to be minimum of thirty meters away. Got it. Those setbacks can be reduced if you hire an engineer who's an expert in hydrology, groundwater, and stuff like that. They can do some studies and and. They have to prove that those setbacks can be reduced without contamination. Yeah, and, you know, of course, you're talking 30 meters. That does mean you need a lot of space. So we're That's not right. talking smaller properties here, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, Harry, for you on the uh, the well water side of things, wh- what do you need to consider when uh, you're working in conjunction with a septic system? Um, setbacks are important. Um, also, uh, whether the well, when it was drilled, has been appropriately sealed. Uh, when they do drill a well... Uh, they hammer the casing into clay or rock and then seal around the outside of the casing with a liquid clay, um, which seals out groundwater so that you're pulling up the more pure water from deeper underground. Do you, do you guys ever see examples when the systems do cross? Oh, yes. I do uh, reflected in the micro-testing that, uh, that we can do. Um, where yeah, because that's, that's part of your services is you, you do testing of, of the water quality and things like that? Yes. Yeah, particularly important in real estate transactions that you have your, your uh, microbiological testing completed and your trace metals. Um, so you, you get a good complete picture of uh, the water coming up out of the well. Um, at that point, um, you can determine from the type of bacteria, if you have them present, mm-hmm. um, whether you do have infiltration from either your septic field or perhaps a neighbor's. Oh, good point. Yeah, it all really depends, I guess. Yeah, um, obviously, if you're on a well in a septic field, um, chances are your neighbors are too. Yes. Um, so, so it's something that definitely needs to be looked at. And um, lending institutions... Um, we'll often ask for potability results um, as a condition. Yeah. So well log and uh, all, all of those things as well, too. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that for, with both of you. All right. And again, thinking about consumers who are considering buying a house that has a septic system and a well. Uh, tell us, starting with you, Harry, what are, because you just touched on them a little bit, but what are things that a buyer should be on the lookout for uh, or things that their agent should be recommending that they do? Um, what we recommend as a, as a, as part of a real estate, uh, transaction is a, a full inspection of the current, if there is a current, um, pumping system. And, and I have to say that this is not the home inspector that does this job. They need a specialist like you guys to yes. conduct these, right? Yeah. A lot of people think the home inspector no. will also look at, um, uh, water uh, pumping systems and treatment systems or septic systems, but they don't look at either. They look at the integrity of the home only. Yes. Um, so you need to have a specialist come in and look at your individual systems. Okay. Um, the, uh, like uh, the lending institutions also, as I mentioned, will um, look for uh, successful potability results. Um, and uh, if, it, if you don't have those, if, uh, if that fails, then uh, typically the, the fix is to install a UV sterilizer. Okay. Uh, so, so going back just half a step here, the, the reason why it's important for the banks is because 
The bank is fronting the mortgage. You know, they're fronting the money for a buyer who wants to buy this property. Yes. They want to make sure their investment is sound. They want to make sure that major systems like the water system are are are, are good. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, because otherwise it could potentially have a costly uh, costly ramifications for the buyer or new homeowner, right? Absolutely. Okay. Anything else that uh, that's important? Um, basically, just a full inspection. Yeah. And um, how long does one usually take? Um, they're fairly quick. Uh, usually a full inspection and a sampling uh, visit will take about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to send the samples to the lab. That takes a bit of time, too. Y- yes, yeah. So actually, that's uh, a note for the realtors that you do need about a week for the lab results <laughs> yeah. to come back. So don't ask for yeah. the condition to be met in a day or two days or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah. And roughly speaking, what sort of uh, what sort of cost um, uh, would an inspection and testing and everything be? Uh, $250 for, uh, for the full inspection and testing. Okay. Well, you know what? I've got to say, for for anyone, that's probably the best $250 spent. It can save you a lot of money in the long run. Yeah. Uh, how often have you found that in your inspections that properties are bad and you've had to fail them? Uh, probably. Uh, it's hard to say. Probably maybe half the time. Okay. Um, many people don't test their water, yeah. uh, and they they assume because they're not getting ill that their their water's potable. But that's not always the case. Would you then suggest that people, even if they have no intention to sell, maybe they should be testing on a regular basis? I think you need a baseline at, at minimum. Okay. And typically what I recommend is that people test their well water yearly. Yep. Um, and, and if they have a, a record of potability that's successful, then you can taper it off at that point to say every two or three years. Yeah, and you can conduct these uh, inspections and, and testing and everything, right? Correct. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And again, uh, that is Harry McHugh. Uh, thanks uh, talking about wastewater, but you're still going to stay here because we're having a conversation uh, all about this. Uh, moving on to John and septic system. Same question. So somebody who is buying a home, what are the things that they need to consider or look out for uh, in terms of their uh, on-site uh, sewer system, their septic? Yeah, it's much like Harry said. Um, they should have uh, they should hire a, an inspector who's certified uh, to come in and, and give their uh, septic system a complete inspection. Um, there's a lot of things that you can look at um, that all need to be looked at. If they're not, if they're not um, carefully looked at, that you could be missing a, a huge piece. Okay. So, so one thing that comes up sort of often in conversation with realtors is, does the septic tank need to be pumped out or not? Well, that all depends on the records. Like if the tank had been just pumped recently, then it's not that important. Most inspectors like to see the tank before it's pumped, yeah. just to see what the water levels are like. You can tell a lot from how the septic tank is acting before it's pumped. Okay. Uh, I kind of recommend, if it hasn't been pumped in a couple of years, for the inspector to be on site as the tank is being pumped. Uh-huh. Look at it before and then after. You can tell a lot about it. Okay. Um, I, I think the best way to do it is if, if someone's thinking of, of selling their house, they should have an inspection done before they even list the property. Good point. I mean, it, so many times when the when the sale's coming through, um, the septic throws a big kind of... Because it takes, t- it takes time. Yeah, that's right. And then everything gets really emotional. The people, you can't really tell if a septic system is functioning properly just by looking at it. Some people will think, oh, it's working fine. We've never had any problems. But yeah, the, the toilet flushes and the sink the drains. That's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one thing. It's dispersing it. But are we getting the treatment we need for that wastewater before it goes back into the ground? Yeah. Well, actually, isn't that, isn't that funny? Because we often forget about the term treatment because it is yeah, a treatment it, plant, It is right? it's a treatment. And that, well, the whole system is a treatment system, right? We're trying to treat 
that residential wastewater and then put it back into the ground clean. Yeah. Right? It's not just about, like, the old days it was like, you know, let's just get rid of it. If it's going away, that's fine. But now we want to make sure that it's clean before it goes away. Got it. You know, another, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there, Tony, but another good point is we have to be 30 meters back from all wells, not just wells on your own property. Okay, yes. Yeah, of course, you wouldn't want to be right. close your neighbor, to your neighbor just right. for fun. That's right. right. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, the inspection itself, what, what does that entail? So um, tell well, us different people have different views of inspections, but most times it's looking at the septic tank and the pump chain before they're pumped out. Yep. Um, testing if it's a pressure system, testing the pumps, testing the floats, testing the alarms. Most um, new pressure systems have a tracking so we can tell how much water is being used, how many cycles have gone through, how many hours the pump has ran. Um, a lot of people. Are we, are we talking like digital? Like uh, yeah, most um, well, all the systems that I install are most people that install pressure systems. There's a control panel, so okay. the the pump is controlled from a control panel. We can open the control panel and set the pump run time, set the pump off time. And like you said, you can uh, you can space it out. So totally, that, yeah, yeah. We can adjust it all, and we can also track how many cycles the pump has gone, um, how many times the alarm has gone off. There's a bunch of different stuff in there. Timer override systems we can we can we can put in and check. Um, so all those things should be checked to see if the system is working at the design that it was designed for. You know, I'm surprised there's no there. We haven't talked about an app because it seems like everybody yeah. wants an app nowadays. No, I mean there are know? apps now, right? Oh, really? You can have, yeah, you okay. can have alarms that you know if the alarm goes off in the septic or the pump chamber, it can, it yeah. can go right to my phone. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know if I want that on my phone or not. <laughs> okay, that's great. Uh, and uh, rough cost for an inspection of a um, You system? know, if you're going to have the pump, the tank pumped, t- tanks are typically pumped, you know, like 400 to $500 for a pump. Depending pump, on the depending size. Depending on the size of it, right? And yeah. then the inspection usually takes about a day. You know, it's about, you know, $700 for, uh, you know, a good inspector to come out there and do a good, thorough job. Yeah, so one of the reasons for that, too, of course, is it takes time to uh, to visualize, to, to view the 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 drainage of the fluid, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's a lot of times where you come into an old gravity field where there's no records of it. You know, you can you can f- go to VHA, and VHA will give you whatever, it would, any documentation they have. Yeah. It's a $25 so f- fee. So for the listeners, that's Island Health. That's right. right? Sorry, yeah. yeah, Vancouver Island Health Authority. And I yeah. recommend if you're going to sell your property, go to VHA um, and get all the documentation they have. Have that in your in, in your file before you sell it, just so you have as much information as you can. Yeah, now, generally speaking, the information that's on the VHA file also actually has, it's got the position of the system and the layout of the system, Yeah, right? I mean, the further you go back, the iffier it can be, yeah. you know, but like anything recent, we'll have, you know, full documentation. And even back, you know, back as far as like 50, 60 years, there'll be something on file. Yeah. Be concerned about if there's been some recent work done and it's not on file with VHA, that means that, a, you know, somebody who did that wasn't registered to do the work. Yeah. Well, I have to say, in my capacity as as a realtor, when we are looking at properties that have septic systems uh, or well systems as well, it is amazing how often it occurs when owners don't have records. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Nobody, some, in some cases, people have lived in a house for 30 years and they have no idea where their septic tank is. Yes. You know, how you find it? I mean, there's ways you can flush these don't, They don't know where the clean out is. Yeah, they don't know where anything is, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, whereas, of course, it's always handy when it's evident. You, yeah. know, you know where That's the lid right. is. Yeah. And you have some drawings, some as-built drawings to find stuff. Yeah. Many yeah. people don't know how deep their well is. Yes. Um, if two or three purchases down the road and the paperwork's lost and the pump hasn't been changed, they, they don't know what the recovery rate is or how deep the well is. Well, you know, Harry, the other thing, though, too, is in the disclosure statement. So when people list their property for sale, they have to fill out or complete something called a property condition disclosure statement. Yes. And it asks about, you know, the condition of the house, if they're aware of any issues, you know, with asbestos or things like that. But two of the questions are, uh, are there any records of the quality of well water and also the quantity of well water? Yes. So this is something that, that, of course, we as agents have to ask. But this is the reason why, like I said, sometimes there are no records. 
Yes, actually, it's fairly common. Yeah. Well, listen, um, before I forget, Harry, if people need to reach you, Harry, with Island Waterworks, the number? Uh, 250-652-0238. Great. Uh, and John Langard from New Water Septic and Drainage, how can they reach you? Uh, my phone number is 250-213-3834. Great. Well, you guys are the experts in these fields. I really appreciate the fact that you came here to share your knowledge with our listeners. And uh, for the listeners, if you have any questions or uh, would like an opinion about your septic system or your wall water. Of course, these are two gentlemen that you can call, or if you have friends or family that need this help as well, too. Thanks for listening. I'm Tony Joe. We'll be here for you this time next week.